from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Adam Story, Vice Chancellor of the Diocese of Des Moines, about a new initiative launched by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops called Civilize It, Dignity Beyond the Debate, which asks Catholics to pledge civility and compassion ahead of the 2020 presidential election. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Good to be with you. Uh, kind of a, uh, now I can picture in my mind uh, the Spirit Catholic Radio folks in Omaha and everything. They had that nice little hosting me for a few minutes back on December 27th. So mm-hmm. now it's kind of in my mind conscious as well. But uh, we're still abiding in the Christmas season, kind of savoring <laughs> it, milking it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people have taken their decorations down, but uh, we can keep it going. Some of us <laughs> even go as far as the Feast of the Presentation as well. So I finally got my Christmas gift to Father John Bertogli, the rector of St. Ambrose Cathedral this morning. So I'm still, you know, milking it for all it's worth, the 12 days of Christmas. There but you uh, go. these great mysteries, uh, the baptism of the Lord concludes uh, with uh, the church's uh, tradition, honors this as kind of an unfolding of the incarnation in that way. Obviously the Epiphany and then also the wedding feast of Cana. And so those mm-hmm. three feasts, which are remembered in song, is and all that we're about. It was kind of a blessing as part of the Christmas season to be out at Prince of Peace Abbey out in Oceanside, mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. No, no sympathies for me, you know, no. but I think some of the mornings was probably cooler out there than it was even in <laughs> Iowa, but uh, that's a long tradition for the Region 9 bishops, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and Iowa, to retreat with the Benedictine fathers and brothers out there, and uh, a place that uh, Father Aquinas Nichols from the Basilica used to be at uh, mm-hmm. in, in some ways, so they, they finally think of us there, but uh, just savoring and, and deepening that, also a chance to, to get to know my brother bishops better, mm-hmm. and to pray. Father Paul Murray from the Angelicum University led us in our retreat, and uh, kind of speaking about stepping into the gap, uh, you know, bringing that fire of the Lord Jesus and moving into the gap uh, with gap not only in our own hearts but in our own culture today and I think that's one of the things we try to do in this radio show as well as Mm -hmm. we are conscious of the world still needing the Prince of Peace and uh, Mm -hmm. obviously the specter of war and the, the situation in the United States and Iran. That was a, kind of a, something that has us all a little bit on edge. I think uh, our Holy Fathers from going back, but certainly with John Paul II, Benedict, and Pope Francis, that war is always a kind of failure for humanity. Mm-hmm. And how, whether we subscribe to the just war tradition or that, you know, all war should be prescribed. And again, we certainly want to protect the peace and the order of, that's there, but uh, hopefully, you know, that they'll stand down. So we join our Holy Father, Pope Francis, in praying for peace, because as we see, even the kind of collateral damage that, that mm-hmm. occurred, uh, you know, with the Ukrainian mm-hmm. airliner, right. that there's mm-hmm. always going to be innocent people who are kind of caught up in the gears of, of the mechanism of death. So we pray for peace and uh, continue to do so. We take heart that we know there are places, our monastic brothers and sisters, who are always lifting up the world on the altar of prayer and uh, bringing that mm-hmm. to them as well. Uh, kind of grateful for someone who kind of uh, texted us let us know kind of where they mm-hmm. she found faith. I don't know. I'm a, a listener. I guess I shouldn't assume it's a woman here, you know, because I'm not sure. But kind of relates that my faith has made huge leaps since I got trained in catechesis of the Good Shepherd. We know that's a, a strong movement within the diocese. Many families committed to that, helping young children fall in love with Jesus. So all that formation on biblical and liturgical basis to provide that beautiful, serene space and materials for children to contemplate about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And so to really fall in love with 
Jesus and that personal friendship and relationship that we can have. You don't have to go away halfway across the mm-hmm. country on retreat. You know, Jesus is ready to visit us in, in the uh, beauty and the, the domestic church of our own homes. And so we're grateful for that and how people kind of carry that through, through as well. So, uh, again, uh, we'll be thinking about uh, where we go, uh, you know, in the next uh, week or so. But looking forward to uh, having a conversation with Adam Story here. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll welcome Adam Story, Vice Chancellor of the Diocese of Des Moines, to talk about civility leading up to the 2020 presidential election. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Thank you to Bozen the Floors for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dowling Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? Hey, this is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Floors. Our family business has been helping Central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or visit us at bozen.com. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mester Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Adam Story, Vice Chancellor of the Diocese of Des Moines, about a new initiative launched by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops called Civilize It, Dignity Beyond the Debate, which asks Catholics to pledge civility and compassion ahead of the 2020 election. Thank you, Kelly. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a case of TMI here, and I don't want to make a public confession, but, uh, you know, you'll notice my voice is a little bit more gravelly than normal, and I don't think it's because of, uh, uh, you know, any kind of illness. Just I was at a <laughs> basketball game uh, a couple of days ago, got a little bit intense in my <laughs> cheering and passion. Uh, That's right, it was for the Almost clone, flirting so. with the line and maybe uh, asking one of the officials to revisit his decision. <laughs> but uh, I, I promise that my speech was clean and everything, and that I uh, spoke only uh, good words. But uh, that doesn't always carry over, we know, in our society today. And kind of conscious of how, you know, even in the Bible, we have instances where people become so impassionately angry and interested. Shimei, in the first book of Kings, chapter 2, is uh, launching all sorts of insults and profanities and everything at King David as he's making his way, you know, uh, fleeing from Absalom in that way. So, so we know we have, you know, some who are our role models, but the others who maybe we kind of want to avoid because... Uh, you know, we're told not to, to talk about religion and politics, but how can we not talk about the deep down things that matter to us as, as people as well? And first of all, maybe, uh, Adam, welcome this morning to, you know, your own domestic church, your own family. Uh, had a, re- a recent addition in recent weeks and months, a uh, little Marigold. How is she doing That's these right. days? That's right, yeah. She's, mm-hmm. uh, well, she's doing pretty well. She got up early this morning, which I didn't appreciate, but uh, yeah, she's n- about nine weeks and uh, is doing well. Her siblings love her, so it's pretty fun. Yeah, so no hazing by the siblings yet? or No, no, no hazing. <laughs> they got to be more careful, Cecilia. Don't fall on your sister, but uh, uh, no, they're doing 
doing very well. They're they're taking care of her. Yeah. Like, oh, it was an accident. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A little tough love there. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, it, yeah. It'll be good for her in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, very good. Well, uh, you've been uh, involved with some of the Pastoral Center staff, kind of trying to bring home a thing, and we certainly are conscious in Iowa of the political climate as we have the ramp up to the, the caucuses and beyond, that being a purple state, uh, this is a place of intense interest yeah. and sometimes a petri dish in the political arena also. So uh, we, you know, we think that we want to treat each other charitably and civilly, but it doesn't just mean kind of say, be nice, you know, sure. that kind of generic bland thing, nor does it mean that we kind of clam up and don't talk yeah. to each other, that uh, maybe even the uh, courage to, to disagree with each other, but it's how we go about that, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's this program of civilize it what we're trying to do because we're we're engaging in these conversations we're entering into a time of you know a lot of attention on politics and you know what are the political decisions we're going to make and so it's you know this process is being intentional about all right how are we going to engage in that you know how are we going to first of all examine our own consciences and say you know am i approaching politics in a christian way am i letting my faith inform the way i do this but hopefully also to be leaven in our society, to, to witness to this, to, uh, to those around us, because, um, you know, this is a process that a lot of times it can be really negative and destructive, and, uh, you know, there can be a lot of anger in it, but, it does, you know, we can elevate that. We can bring it uh, to something that's really a community together while disagreeing, but all seeking the good, all seeking truth together. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, this the process of civilize it is hopefully to bring that about a little bit more. Okay, so this is a local initiative, or is this something that has a connection? Uh, well, so beyond? it came out of the USCCB, and so it's really a national uh, project. United as we, States Conference of Catholic Bishops. That's right, for yes. those who don't have their acronyms handy here. <laughs> that's <okay>. right. <laughs> so, and it even goes beyond. They have a, a Golden Rule 2020, which is really an ecumenical movement. So, you know, Christians of different denominations recognizing that, uh, you know, it's a real need uh, uh, to approach this political cycle, to approach it with Christian eyes, to approach it with uh, their pillars, our, approach it with civility, with compassion, and with clarity, and really try to let our faith lift up this process that we're entering into. Okay. All right. So with the week of Christian unity coming up here at the end of January, this is kind of an initiative in that spirit. Uh, yeah, right? absolutely. Respecting Christian brothers and sisters, and obviously people of all goodwill as well. Right? Absolutely. I mean, we tend to kind of want to hang out with like-minded people, right? We, You know, it's a little more comfortable to do that, right? And we sure. find people who kind of validate our own opinions, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yet our faith asks more of us. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that this is one of the challenges in our culture today is uh, it's very easy to self-select our communities, you know, to isolate ourselves among like-minded people. Uh, and yet real community, I think, is it's given, it's not chosen. You know, real, real community is the place where God puts you. And so... I really like that. I've never had... Heard yeah, that yeah. So thank you. Well, absolutely. Can I quote you in a homily? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as long as I get credit. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, it is given. And so, you know, and I mean, look at our own families. I have family members of all sorts of pol- political persuasions, and there's lots of disagreements, and there's lots of different ideas about how to move forward, but... Uh, that's where we have to engage, you know, that's where we have to uh, enter into conversation, enter into community. And um, 
so how do we do that well? Because it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to disagree with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do become passionate about the issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are we really being, you know, are we really being charitable in the way that we do that? Are we really being, uh, uh, you know, detached from all the personal things that I bring to the conversation, but really just seeking the good and the true mm-hmm. uh, and the beautiful? You know, how do we do that well? Mm-hmm. And so this process, you know, through through prayer, through reflection, through uh, formative experiences, this is a way that we can just try to try to grow in that. Okay. So we have to kind of presume goodwill and not impute bad intentions to somebody else, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the, you know, the problem in the political process, I think it's not disagreement and it's not even passionate disagreement. I'd say the problem is when we get to contempt. And contempt is this idea that the other person, if they disagree with me, uh, you know, they must have ill will. They must be trying to destroy the country. They must be, uh, you know, just trying to injure me in some sort of way. Uh, but that's not the case. You know, you can, mm-hmm. uh, uh, half of the country is not trying to destroy the country. You know, we're seeking the good, but in different ways. And, and so, you know, how are we attentive to that? Where I'm not, I can disagree with you and even disagree passionately, but without contempt, recognizing your good, recognizing your dignity, recognizing that you have some wisdom to offer in this situation. Okay. I think that's a different approach. Right. So really underlying it is a kind of belief in the Holy Spirit working in, in people who maybe are accenting other goods than uh, claim us and have our attention and our concern yeah. in that way. It, so I think that's a great point because, you know, you can approach politics with peace and with confidence when you recognize that, uh, you know, God's in charge. You know, the Holy Spirit is here. Uh, the victory has been won. And so it's not my job to solve all the problems. It's not my job to fix every issue that's out there. Um, the Lord is working, and I, I participate in that. I cooperate with that. Uh, but I can have peace and confidence that, that the battle is won. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I sense peace in someone else, then my heart's more open and I can truly hear what they're saying rather than the fear, which is a, a cocktail for anger and, as you yeah. said, passion. And yeah. then we kind of cut each other off or reduce yeah. each other as something less than human or less than the dignity that we each possess yeah. as God-given you know, Yeah, we become defensive because we think that, you know, this person is out to get me. This person is going to take away, you know, something that I feel is vital to me. Uh, but we don't have to have that defensiveness. Okay. All yeah. right. So it sounds like this is more about the how than the what. I mean, does this is really, is this uh, giving us encouragement or instruction or, you know, yeah. pointing, you know, to actual stances on issues or would we look elsewhere for that? Well, I, I do think, yeah, I do think it's, it's rooted in the how. How do we engage these conversations? Um, and there is, there is a really important what that we contribute, you know, and, uh, the church for a long in the United States, uh, we've had faithful citizenship, which is about forming our consciences, and it's about having our faith uh, inform the way we approach politics. So it is important to know that, you know, in these discussions, we have something to say. You know, we have something to contribute to the conversation. Uh, but how do we go about it? And that's really civilized. It is about that, um, you know, approaching these things with goodwill, with charity, with peace. Uh, and then there is a part of it that's clarity, and that's sort of the the what you know. What do we contribute to these conversations? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as obviously we believe in the incarnation, the word made flesh, and so the power of the word that resonates through us and in our own ways. So obviously we have to stay close to Scripture too as a kind of basis for all that we're about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and this I think is it. You can see this in Scripture. You know, I think of Matthew chapter twelve and. Jesus says to us, Jesus says to us that we're going to have to give an account for every uh, careless word we utter, you know, and, and, uh, and he's talking about good trees bring forth good fruit and bad trees bring forth bad fruit. And that's, I think that it begins with an examination of conscience. You know, where is my heart? How am I approaching these things? Uh, am I really seeking the good or am I seeking something else? And when I become purified, then what I bring to these conversations it's something more rich, you know, it's something more meaningful where it's it's not my agenda, it's the Holy Spirit's agenda. Okay, all right. So is the goal then to persuade other people or just to speak as God has given us a, a share of insight or truth or and a passionate concern about uh, people and, and particular situations of life? Yeah, that's a, you know, when you say the goal to persuade other people, I mean, I think we are trying to get to the truth, but we're trying to get there together. So, I have something to offer in these conversations, but also so does the other person, you know. And um, so it's, I don't think it's about, well, I'm going to take you and bring you to my side. It's about how are we working together uh, to get to the truth? How are we working together uh, to cooperate to where God is leading us? So that's yeah. the process, I think. And if, you know, in that kind of negative sense, you know, that if you don't uh, get on board with me, then I'm going to leave you by the the roadside here. Exactly. Drive by casually and things, you know, if verbally or whatever, you know, and I think, you know, I kind of laugh sometimes, you know, I think words, uh, profanity and everything else, they always seem to kind of isolate a part (laughs) of the human person, the human body or something, you know, we kind of label people and we we reduce them to to that and kind of paint a blanket over them and well, you know, so... So that separation rather than cutting off. And social media can play into this, can't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you only have a certain number of characters you can use, right? Yeah, that's right. It is, yeah, it's difficult to dive deep into issues when you're, when you're limited into that number of words. But, um, you know, and it can, social media, we can have uh, positive things happen on it and generate conversations. But I think it has to go beyond the social media. You know, we can bring up issues there, but then... How are we engaging each other in in deeper ways, in more meaningful ways, and in, in actual conversations? You know, if if the debate is just taking place on Twitter, it's probably not much of a debate. You know, <laughs> uh, so we have to go past that. Yeah, put out into the deep. Yeah, in that's that right. Way, that's right. That way. All right. So. Uh, it, it, it certainly seems like this is an attitude and kind of, mm-hmm. kind of creating a climate, of, mm-hmm. uh, trying to redeem the culture, if you will, which yeah. often becomes so toxic in this way. What, what are the nuts and bolts of the whole Civilize It uh, yeah. proposal? Well, throughout, throughout the process, I think it's about being intentional with these things. And so how do we do that? Well, there's resources for prayer to, you know, uh, in the way that we worship, in the way that we enter into conversation with God, that we can be atten- intentional about these things, uh, to pray for his grace during this time. There's uh, formative experiences as well. We're going to have adult faith formation programs where we can, you know, both talk about the how of conversations, but also the what, that clarity of, you know, this is what our faith offers in these situations. Uh, so there'll be those opportunities. And I would say it's also just reminding ourselves this is how we're intentional about the way we go out and engage. So there'll be formation at the parishes, uh, but it's not supposed to end at the parish. You know, we're supposed to take that to 
the dinner table. Take that to the neighborhood. Take that to oh, it's risky business, Adam. I don't know. It is. It is. Uh, Yeah, it is. And we won't do it perfectly. Uh, We certainly won't. But that's you know we're supposed to take this out again to be uh, that leaven in our community, in our society, so that you know we can raise the whole process. Okay. All right. And did I hear something about a pledge or something here? You know, yeah. that can make some of us nervous taking the pledge here. <laughs> yeah, <right>? that's right. <laughs> uh, there is a pledge. There is a pledge. It's on uh, civilizeit.org, and that's kind of the first or a basic concrete thing to do. And what is it? It's, it's just a commitment to these three things, to civility, to compassion, and to clarity. And, you know, making that commitment I do think is significant. You know, uh, our words matter. And so if I make that commitment, uh, I'm going to be held to that commitment, you know. <laughs> I'm going to have to account for that commitment. So uh-huh. uh, it shouldn't be taken lightly, but it is something worth taking. Okay. So for those who haven't gotten around to their New Year's resolutions, or perhaps yeah. as, you know, the February kickoff really uh, yeah. carries over into the season of Lent as well. Mm-hmm. This could be something, you know, the fasting from uh, uncharitable speech. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Absolutely. All right. And we're going to help some of our uh, brother priests and things. I think mm-hmm. Father PBJ McManus is going to be doing some things for as well. That's right. We actually just sent those out to our priests. So we have... Um, Resources specifically for the weekend of February 1st and 2nd, where resources that a parish can use to uh, incorporate, civilize it in their prayers. Uh, There's homily helps kind of tying this idea to the readings for that weekend. And other resources that the parish can use really throughout the year, again, just to draw our attention back to civility, because there'll be a lot of things drawing our attention away from civility, and so we need something to draw us back to it. Oh, beautiful. And uh, how long does this whole uh, proposal, this campaign, uh, extend? So we're going to go through uh, uh, through the election, through the national election this November. So uh, in total, about 11 months. We've, we're beginning uh, the first weekend of February, and we'll go through November. Excellent. Beautiful. Well, thank you. I mean, this, uh, I think, it, it kind of a the way in which we use the word to unite and and not divide each other Mm -hmm. and to, again, uh, a kind of hygiene of speech, but uh, I think a a hope and a a humility as we approach this, recognizing that our God is great. Yeah, amen. We're going to take a quick break. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq-demoine.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Go to see my son This manger for your bed. 
Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. Well, fascinating interview about politics. Adam's story. He's yeah. got some rich insights there. there yeah. He's not mm-hmm. just uh, you know channeling uh, the pre-prepared text there. And so he gave me a little homily help there. Community there is given, not chosen. Because if we only are in intentional communities, then how small our world becomes right. as we kind of mm-hmm. tighten the knot and sure. even sometimes harden our hearts as well. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of that. I certainly am going to be uh, blessed to have this opportunity to, again, experience the Church Universal, to the Catholicity of the Church, mm-hmm. uh, centered in the Bishop of Rome and all that's there, the uh, five-year, seven-year visit that all bishops do mm-hmm. to the threshold of Peter, the ad limina visit. And mm-hmm. so it'll be my first opportunity to join the region bishops, Bishop Emeritus Pates, uh, who kind of uh, co- co-authored the <laughs> uh, the report that's there, and I get to write his to- coattails uh, for, <laughs> for a little go. bit. But it's a marvelous opportunity, uh, culminating, obviously, in the actual encounter with His Holiness Pope Francis. But uh, mm-hmm. the whole week uh, we're together, obviously, the different uh, agencies and arms of the, uh, of the Vatican and its uh, mm-hmm. institutional character and those ways in which the gospel carries over. So Bishop Pates and I will have the opportunity to meet with the Secretary of State, Congregation of Bishops, Doctrine of the Faith. Uh, obviously, also the protection of minors, something that's mm-hmm. uh, uh, something that continues to be a keen uh, interest of, of all of us that we provide a safe environment. Uh, marriage and family life, a part of Adams, uh, kind of bringing it home in the Des Moines Diocese. Catholic education. Uh, integral Human Development and the Council for Culture. So that's kind of a laundry list that kind of blows by. But I'm just looking forward to these rich conversations. And there's been some preparatory work in all of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, uh, that face-to-face engagement and just what uh, we're kind of counseling with the Civilize It campaign as well. So, yeah, I'll be interested uh, to hear how it goes. Bishop Pates is so far the, the sole bishop from our region who's going to be with the interreligious dialogue with justice <laughs> and peace. But I think that, that passionate interest he has, you know, mm-hmm. with not just other Christians. So, so he's... Uh, He's not going rogue on us, but uh, he's going to be our kind of our ambassador in that respect. So that's a marvelous thing as well. So to to, to be part of that. So when you think about the Holy Father, uh, you know, the popular culture is serving up a couple of opportunities <laughs> for right. us, Kelly. Yeah, well, we have the Two Popes movie. Um, this is on Netflix. I, I know some people who watched it. They said it was really good. Um, it is nice in the sense that it brings attention to the Catholic Church and the Holy Father. Um, you know, the beginning of the movie, apparently, from what I've read, is historic in the sense of they talk about when Pope Benedict, you know, abdicates and he steps down and Pope Francis is then chosen. Um, but a lot of the people should know that a lot of the, the conversations and dialogue that takes place in the movie is actually fictional. I mean, nobody was actually there. So yeah. they should take those things with a grain of salt. That Yes, it's interesting to kind of see the inner workings of the Vatican. But that we don't actually know. So what as those they sometimes say, based on a true story. Based on a but true that story, can, it's enough dramatic um, license you can drive a truck through it. Then, that's right. right. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> giant holes. There's giant holes. Well, and, so, and, yeah, it's a fictional documentary. Okay. So it might be interesting, but just know that. And it's I know really it made a, a stop in our local art uh, theater on Floor Drive, but uh, it's still available to people. I did note that Bishop Barron uh, had a, some some mm-hmm. critical comments about it. I have mm-hmm. not seen it yet, so I should really refrain from making. Too much, uh, but mm-hmm. said maybe it should be called the One Pope because while it has a very sympathetic, attractive portrait of Pope Francis, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Pope Benedict suffers by comparison. Right. You know, yep. and they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, this uh, serene and calm uh, mm-hmm. shepherd is sometimes kind of, you know, portrayed and caricatured mm-hmm. as kind of becoming incensed in that way. So, mm-hmm. is there anything else we can look to for maybe a more sure. accurate portrait? Sure. Yeah. Well, of pope there is Benedict? a new documentary. I'm I'm working on figuring out how you could see it because it aired on German television, but it's a new. Documentary. Ah, you're bold. Ah. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> 
Yo, yeah, okay. But this documentary is about Pope Benedict. Homage to my late father. Thank you. <laughs> I have German ancestry too. I just don't know the language. But uh, anyway, so <laughs> it's a 30 minute documentary. Um, it aired on January 3rd, but um, it does show a more frail Pope Benedict. Um, but it, you know, it just kind of shows his life. And the, the Archbishop had talked about how he's, you know, gotten weaker but you know in his age that's that's expected but it's entitled little bavaria in the vatican so um just do some research on that so there's some opportunities there so yeah i would assume you can find it maybe somewhere i don't know that we're going to have an encounter with uh, pope emeritus benedict while we're there but that would be really beautiful if he's out in the vatican gardens praying the rosary something (laughs) to have the sighting of him that'd be a real treat all right this has been another edition of making it personal with bishop johnson thank you to our guests and all of our listeners You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.